Welcome to NCBR's Elite Agent Podcast, the ultimate resource for real estate professionals looking to elevate their skills, master their craft, and achieve unparalleled success in this incredible... Welcome to this episode of NCBR's Elite Agent Podcast. I'm Rhonda Messenborg, your host for today. I'm so excited to be in the room today with Joe Fitzpatrick of Remax Results here in Newport, Rhode Island, and also with Robin Gwaltney of Remax out in Minnesota. And Robin and Joe are going to talk with us today about starting a team and having a team in real estate. So welcome both of you and thank you for joining me. Thank you. Absolutely a pleasure. So Let's just jump right in. I know that um, there's some burning questions that I have um, and would love for you to share with our listeners. So to start off with, um, tell me a little bit, why would somebody want to start a team? Okay, well, um, myself and Robin run similar teams, so we probably have similar answers. Uh, Robin's just visiting me today from Minnesota, so I thought it would be fun for, to have her on the, uh, on the podcast. Um, I would say that there's several reasons why you would want to start a team. Uh, most people, when you ask them, they just want to make more money, which is a very simple uh, answer. Depending on the agent, they may have too many leads. They're falling through the cracks, right, Robin? Mm-hmm. Um, and if I had to say one more, I would say there's people who really want to build a sellable asset. And individual agents on brokerages have a tough time doing that. But if you put the time and effort into building a team, it can become a sellable asset. What do you think, Robin? I differ in one way, and that is because I work with my family, my entire family, my husband and myself, along with our two adult children. And so we're trying to build a legacy, which they will continue on. Love that. I mean, I guess it's not sellable. We won't be selling it to them, but they'll be taking over. So same concept. Okay, love that. And so along those lines of just saying that you each run a slightly different sort of team, can you explain what types of teams are there? And so Joe, I know that um, Robin mentioned what kind of team she was. What what kind of team do you run? Well, we run the different types of teams just very, very quickly. Is uh, There's a team where the team leader um, essentially lists all the properties and then has buyer agents on his team. Then we have um, a team leader with several buyer agents, but very heavy on staff admin. You could have an individual agent with just admin heavy. And then the kind of team that I run, where, which is where I am a team lead, but I have agents that will do both um, listings and buyers because okay. I'm not looking to build buyer agents or selling agents. I'm looking to build real estate agents. So I think they need to be comfortable with both sides of the transaction. So that's the... That's the kind of um, the, t- the, the uh, team building or kind of the business model that I've taken for, for that option. Exactly the same for us. I mean, I like to watch these young agents grow to mature, successful agents because I mentioned I work with my family, but we have several other agents on our team as well. And so they're building their business and I look to myself as their mentor. Love that. That's wonderful. Okay, so let's say that I've now decided that I'm going to start my real estate team. How do I know when it's time to make my first hire? Well, the numbers are a little off, and I'm sure Robin's average price point is different than mine. But for the most part, I start. I usually advise or mentor people to start a team when they're doing between 18 to 22 transactions or approximately $10 million in production. 
and the you know robin i think you'll agree the first hire should always be an assistant or an admin mm. absolutely De- yeah definitely can't, can't do it without one to me the admin or the assistant you know whoever's in that role is basically the same thing to the team as the nucleus is to the brain i mean it's so such yeah. an important part i love that yeah once you have your system's tight and everything's in place with your admin or your transaction coordinator or your assistant, then you can start bringing buyer agents and other people into the into the mix. But make sure that your systems are nice and tight um, before you introduce uh, any other people to that team. That would be my advice. So first would be an assistant or an admin. Uh, then I'd bring, bring in your buyer agent uh, and then only add other agents or additional staff like only as absolutely needed as you move forward and grow your business. Right, because I think when you do that, when you have those systems in place and you have that good admin staff, that's when you're creating the value, and it's the, that value that attracts people to your team. So it definitely has to come in that order. Love it. Okay, that sounds great. That sounds great. Um, okay, so let's like move on now to another question. So we talked a little bit about who your first hires should be. So as your team is expanding and your team is growing, um, what roles what roles do you need on on your team to cover to cover all the bases? Well, on our particular team, I have a personal assistant. We have um, two super strong admins, one that handles all the buy sides and one that handles all the sell sides. And then we have a fourth staff who is um, our marketing guy. And so he does everything from when I talk about marketing from, lining up our I do a weekly radio show he lines up topics for that each week Um, we have a um, television television commercials which he gets produced but then he also will order name tags for new agents or business cards for new agents so anything that comes in from the marketing side is his and so he's irreplaceable and I'd say the same about both of our admins and my assistant all excellent yeah, we're pretty much the same uh, in that Justine runs our team. Most people on this podcast will know who Justine is. Mm-hmm. She's our COO and just runs the team. So she is the most important and primary role of, of everybody on the team. Then I have a 40-hour-a-week assistant, but we also have a 40-hour-a-week assistant for all the other agents. So everything that Claire does for me, Lauren does for all the other agents on the team. And okay. it helps us to provide direct one-to-one accountability for them. It helps us to execute what we want the agents to do um and lauren's just great to have she helps with events and, and, and other stuff uh on the team as well other than that we've got marketing with marielle and shay um they do a fantastic job most people on this podcast will be aware on some level of marielle and the work that she does and, and the marketing that we do here locally and then the only other thing we kind of uh, outside of regular agents on the team we do have assigned listing agents and assigned buyer agents uh, and these okay. are the agents that work with my listings and work the listings and then work the buyer leads that come from those listings. Okay. So at some point, not today, we might dive a little deeper into how those roles work. But for today, Love I'm that. just identifying them as, as part, of the, part of the people that you may look to get on your team as you grow and expand. That's great. Yeah, that would be great, Joe, at some point to dive in a little bit deeper onto some of these topics because there's a lot to it. Anything to add to that, Robin? I don't think so. Okay. All right. So now let's talk a little bit about, let's get down to a little bit of the nitty gritty, right? Um, So what as far as splits, salaries, incentives, what as a team owner should, should somebody be prepared to offer to their staff and agents? 
All right, so just want to give you all the good stuff. This is what people want to hear, right, Robin? <laughs> this is the only reason they, 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 they logged in. Look, without going into, uh, maybe Robin can speak a little more freely on this. Um, but since people on this podcast know uh, a lot of the people that work here, I won't go into numbers on, on, on uh, how much we're actually making them, but mm-hmm. I will talk of about course. splits and so on. So all the agents are on a 60-40 split. Now, we tier them up based on hitting what our REMAX uh, um levels so they have executive club 100 percent club platinum club and so on and every time you hit a sales level you get an extra five percent in your commission so you can go from 60 to 65 to 70 to 75 to 80 and so on uh for salary positions uh we are an s corp we are a business so i am a salaried mm-hmm. employee of the fitzpatrick team okay. as is justine lauren claire marielle and shay so we've got six salaried employees um justine either makes the most or should make the most. I'm not sure exactly, but uh, you start at Justine and work your way down. And that's um, kind of how we we set up our, our salaries versus our, um, you know, our 1099 versus employees. The personal assistant, I mean, I think they go out there for like 12 to $20 an hour, but I would say if, you know, if you plan 50000 a year for a salaried assistant, that should get you uh, you know the kind of employees that you're looking for we have 60 to 75 grand down for a coo or coo and then a team leader you're probably looking at about a hundred thousand a year um these are generalizations based on the fact that i don't want to talk too much about it sure but but that's a general good idea maybe robin will give us well, the, the skinny because my numbers are very similar okay, and we do yeah. the same thing whereas once they hit a certain point they go up in their percentage and so i mean we will actually take people like the the most successful agents on my team are at a 90 10 split Oh, so, wow. yeah, once they get up to the top, because this is the deal, I want them to, you know, feel valued and remain. These people are making some serious money. You know, they've yeah. made chairman club. So, yeah, we what? have a chairman club yeah. agent, which is great. Mm-hmm. These are Remax terms, but yeah. sure. Chairman club. I think every brokerage, right. every brokerage yeah, has yeah, their, has earn, their language. At least $500,000 sure. a year. So, I mean, sure. you know, when they're, when they're really killing it in the real estate market, yep. you want to, you know, you want to keep them and you want to. I think people need to feel valued for sure. I mean, we're we're in the recruitment mode right now because we just started our own brokerage here. Um, I'll call you later on. No, <laughs> just kidding, Jen. Um, <laughs> um, but one thing that I've noticed is that retention is just as important as recruiting. Yeah. Um, you got to put load your pipeline. You got to be out there recruiting, but you want to retain your people. And and uh, one of the things we've heard consistently in our interviews so far is not in fact we very rarely even get to the splits and the money and all that kind of stuff we're just talking about culture people want respect people want to be recognized people want to be able to lean on their broker they want tangible access to their brokerage so i think that's actually what robin touched on there is actually really important so it really is more about people people want people want value they want they want to know what you're going to provide them not just how much money they can save yeah Absolutely. I, I honestly, as a rule, if people, when I'm interviewing with them, if all they're talking about is the splits and the money, I can pretty much tell you they're not going to be a fit because I always say the money is a byproduct. If you do your job and do it well, you're going to make money. But to me, it's more about do you fit our culture? Right. And so retention has been really awesome for me. I've had a team for 10 years now, and I've had very few people leave. And um, I think probably of the ones that have left, either one moved away 
and a few I've had to ask to leave. But mm-hmm. otherwise, we're not a team that people leave. We're a team that people want to join. And we're just, we have a really rich culture. And I think when Joe says we have a lot of similarities, that's it. We're relationship-based people. We care about the people on our team. And you can't make, you can't fake that. No, absolutely. And and it's interesting because I, I have a lot of these conversations around different topics for our the listeners of this podcast. And the things that you hear over and over again is it is about relationships. I mean, this is a relationship business, right? And it's about culture. And I think like that, and when you lead with that, when you lead with retention, I think that above all else, that just makes all the magic happen, mm-hmm. right? You have Great. to you have to provide that value and make the, the people that work with you and that show loyalty to you, they have to feel special and they have to feel valued and heard. So I love that. We all need that, right? Yeah, we all absolutely. That. We need that in every aspect of our of life, our life. Yes, right? Exactly. I mean, that just goes without saying. I would say that if, if, if your target person for this podcast is listening to me and Robin, we already have well-established teams and they're maybe not relating to, to, to what we're, talking about as far as COO and salaries and and admins, the message is the same. Whether you're starting a team or whether you're well-established, you should be looking at people. Where where do you see yourself in a year? Where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you see yourself in 10 years? And quite frankly, if if the answer isn't with you on this team in this brokerage, then this is probably not somebody you want to, you know, go too far along the process with. Mm -hmm. We want people right off the bat that are committed to us, committed to our team, share our vision, share our culture, I mean, we don't want to be anybody's stepping stone. We're not interested in short-term gains or taking on big producers to beef up our numbers or make some money in a short-term period. We're looking for people for life, quite frankly. If somebody joins Fitzpatrick team, I sincerely and genuinely feel like they're going to retire on the Fitzpatrick team, even if they're 25 years old. So I really do feel like that. So if you are thinking about starting a team and you feel like some of the stuff we're saying is unrelatable, it's not. Mm-hmm. You, can, you can be doing these things right off the bat. Yeah, think, it's a great, oh, I absolutely great agree. And I know that we're speaking a foreign language to some people because there are real estate teams that are strictly transact, tra- strictly transactional, and there's no ties, and there's coming and going. And I guess it actually works for some people, but it has to. You have to be true to yourself. You know, you have to be your authentic you. And for people like Joe and I, that would never work. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Um, I love that that take on it. And I, and I also. Um, think that is is very very well. Very you know, important. you 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 have run and do run a successful team. So nothing that we're saying is news that's to right. you. Yeah. yeah, but that's the way. That's exactly the way it should be. Um, so let's like switch. Let's switch gears a little okay. bit and talk about team agents versus a solo agent because some agents, right? Some agents join teams and some agents just want to do their own thing. They want to be their own solo agent. So what do you feel is the value of the team versus? the value of an agent. And maybe this question isn't geared so much around being a solo agent versus an agent on the team, but talk a little bit about what that what the value of the team is versus the value that the agent has. Okay. Whether they're on your team or maybe they're working on they're working on There's their There's going to be a lot of overlap here. I know there is Robin, but I'll I'll take one or two and then leave, sure. leave some for you cuz we probably have the same thought process here, but you know, the value proposition of my team is simple. It's the systems and structures that we've spent 15 20 years creating made a lot of mistakes, learned from things, grossly overpaid, grossly underpaid, but we've finally figured most of this out and the, the systems and structures that we have in place are set up to make agents successful. So if they come into our system, if they follow what we're advising them and giving them guidance to do, they will, they will sell houses, they will make money, they will be happy, they will be successful. So we think that 
what we do, and we have examples in our market, and people listening to this will know who I'm referring to, but we have examples of people who who came from other agencies, came on the Fitzpatrick team, followed our systems and structures, and were very successful at it. So we believe in those, and we believe that they work, and that's something that an individual agent can struggle with. Um, I think the two of the main things for me, and I'll pop it over to Robin, is going to be the accountability and the coaching. So that's something, you know, everybody wants accountability till they, till they get it. Um, but they're going to get it here. Uh, I've said before, I've even said in the interview process or with newer, newer agents, I'm like, if you want to sell four, six, seven houses a year and pop in and out and do bits and pieces and not really work hard and just be part of the 99 percenters, that's fine. There's loads of places for you to hang your license, but this is definitely not one of them because mm-hmm. you're going to stick out like a sore thumb. You know, we're here to work and, and you know, we spend half our life getting the agents in here and putting them to work and then the other half of our life creating white space so they can do prospecting and then whatever's left, they can show people property or, or, or continue to fill their pipeline. I think Robin's team runs pretty much the same, but I think the value of the team is that we're actually going to hold you accountable to what you say you're going to do and then provide you with coaching and guidance to get you there. And I think another really obvious thing is you're when you're an individual agent, you're one person. So when you need coverage or you need to bounce ideas off someone or you need questions answered, you have to go outside of your team. You don't have a team, right? So you're out resort looking looking for those answers. And like, for instance, I'm here with my husband, my son, my daughter, we all work together. Our phones have been ringing since we've left home. And it's really easy to say, I'll get a member of my team to show that to you. You know, so we answer the phone and we can carry on with business. And if I were an individual agent, I'd be like in a panic because I would be having to count on somebody else to cover my business. And it's just not the same because as far as our team goes, we're so interconnected that I can cover yours, you can cover mine, our clients get to know each other, and it just, it's its super great because, you know, in this day and age, people want it and they want it now. Mm-hmm. It's not really okay to say, hey, can you wait till I'm back in town on Wednesday? Right, right? sure. So I think that's a huge advantage of a team. And, like, I, I'm older. I don't have small children. So when we have young people who have small children, if they have things to do, like, you know, Christmas concerts. I don't want them missing those things. So sure. I say, let me cover for you. That's what a team leader does. So I think that's a huge advantage to being on a team in addition to all of those things that Joe mentioned. Yeah. Because you're kind of out there on an island on your own, aren't you? Like, not just when it comes to support and, and helping each other and covering each other, but opportunities. So if you're an agent on the Fitzpatrick team and I get a listing and I'm not interested in buyer leads or working that listing, you can do the open houses there, you can do the showings, you can cover, you can put your sign with your mobile phone on the on the rider outside that house. There are opportunities, we have lead generation here, we're constantly promoting the agents on this team. So it's not just about being yourself and being responsible for everything, it's also about the opportunities that Absolutely. the team provides to that agent. Outside of their, you know, their own, working their own SOI and doing their own lead gen, we, you know, the team provides opportunities for you. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, I'm sure you all both were, but I was a very successful individual agent for the first, you know, 15 years of my career, and it was fine, but that was kind of before teams were a really a thing, and boy, once, it's kind of one of those deals, once you've done a team, it's like, there's no way, there's not a chance that I would ever consider being an individual agent again. Not a chance. It works for some people, but that business model doesn't work for me. Not me. Um, It's just too demanding on your time, and Mm -hmm. it's hard to... I think individual agents have a tendency to plateau when it comes to their income. It's hard to move from one 
what we, me and Robin refer to one say level of remax, yeah. but whatever company you're at, from one level to the next without learning the skill of leveraging other people's time, it's very difficult to go from two hundred thousand to four hundred thousand, or four hundred thousand to six hundred thousand, or fifty thousand to hundred thousand. Whatever level right. you're at, mm-hmm. it's very hard to scale your business without leveraging other people's time. And I think if you can learn that skill and, and start a successful team and recruit and retain, then uh, over a period of time you'll you'll see you'll see that that is in fact true. Yeah, and and I would say for for those agents who who say, you know what, I really do like being a solo agent and I want to continue doing business on my own, at the very least having leverage in your world. And you can be a team of one with a really strong admin that actually makes you a team of two, yeah. right? Correct. So a team doesn't have to be, right, a great big team with 5, 10, 15, 20 agents and big staff. A team can be you and an admin, but bring leverage in your life, right? You can hire VAs to help offload um, some of the paperwork. You can hire transaction coordinators. So there are ways if you're like, I don't want other agents to bring other agents in, but you can still come forth as a team and just create that leverage in your world. Because I think in this day and age, we all need it. Um, and as you had had mentioned that in the way this market has been going, right, the market's moving very fast. And for those buyers out there who are three, four, five, six, seven, eight offers deep and still don't have a, a new home under their belt, when things come on as agents, we don't we want to be the last person that's causing that drag your feet in the mud situation for them. So right. it's good to have it's good to have leverage. Um, I agree. Also, you know, we've talked about this. And I know everybody knows this, but if you're a high producing agent, which which some of these guys are, and I meet with people all the time, and we have this conversation, so last argument about it. But if you're a high producing agent and you figure out what your hourly is, and then you're spending five, ten, fifteen hours a week doing administrative stuff for what we call fifteen dollar an hour work it's just not efficient you're robbing That's yourself right. you're robbing your your family you're robbing everybody of your time for something that you could just easily pay somebody who actually likes to do that work and is skilled way more skilled than you are at that particular admin task you know they're like oh well i'm fine i can do it i can do it you're gonna get burnt out yeah and, and agreed and don't wait till you're burnt out to do these things introduce these people into your life whether it's marketing admin or whatever it is while you're still producing heavily and you know free up some time even if you don't want to do anything else with it yeah it is scary when you start i remember i I got my real estate license in 2000 and in 2001 i actually hired an assistant and i remember my husband saying are you crazy can we afford to hire her or do you know what you're doing and i'm like well i know this i have two little kids at home and i don't have enough hours in the day and we run a nonprofit, and i have to do something something's got to give and so it was of course, the smartest thing I ever did because she more than paid for herself. You know, I became much more productive, had much more time and sanity. And so if you're wondering, can you afford it? I can tell you that I tell people you can't afford not to. I love that advice. Yeah, that's, right, that's great advice. Can I elaborate on that? We'll go sure. Topic a little. Sure, go for it. You can't afford not to have it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a mindset switch. So when I hired my first assistant, I think she was getting $20 an hour. We, she came in, we got her settled, we did a few things. Next thing it was lunchtime. I had this little freak out attack. I'm like, oh my God, I just spent like $100 this morning on an assistant. This was one half of one day of her first day. <laughs> because I remembered what I used to have to do for $100. And then, you know, 
back when I was on skilled labor and first came <laughs> to America, but I had this <laughs> minor panic attack. I did discuss this with my business coaches. It's just a mindset switch. Yeah. Don't think about you've just spent $100 in one half of one day. Think about having somebody on your team doing 40 hours of work that you were doing so you're now removing 40 hours of stuff you were doing okay you're paying this person let's just say 40,000 a year I don't know what market you're in but that, that's a nice round number that's $10,000 a quarter that's one sale for me my average market is average sales price is 500 grand mm -hmm. at x percent we won't mention right. any numbers that's right x percent but that's approximately $10,000 yep so if you can't generate one extra sale per quarter for having somebody for 40 hours a week then you're probably in the wrong business so don't think of it as an expense yes. flip that mindset and think of it as an investment in your business love that if you own an investment property you spend money on it right to protect that investment new windows new roof etc this is just investing money in your business yeah I love that perspective. That absolutely. that's a great that's Way a great perspective. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. All right, so let's um let's start to um wrap up. I only have a couple of more questions okay. here for us to to think about. So if I'm if I'm starting a team, um, how do I keep my agents happy? What what's the most important thing? I know we talked about value, but what's the most important thing that that you're doing that really keep your agents happy, which leads to them being successful? I would sum that up by see them and hear them. See them and hear them. They're there. Their people value them. And if they have some say in the way you're doing things, the decisions you're making, they feel, you know, they just feel more a part of it. Love that. Yeah, it's for me, it's just all about being here. It's about culture and, and you know, it's about the, the, the environment that you set up for them to work in. You know, if they're happy, then they'll stay and, and you can retain them. If you want to get a few more specific examples you know we provide coaching accountability we have like call out in the office where we have prizes and we help each other with whiteboards hey say this say that making it fun you know but we're also making it coachable we have you know weekly team meetings we have team events these are all things that you know cement the relationships not only between you and your teammates but the teammates and each other yeah I think one thing that Joe and I both do is we really buy into our communities and it's not it's not for advertising, it's not for marketing because it's because we're, we belong to our communities, it's important to us, so we invest heavily into our communities and I think people want to line themselves up with people who do that. Absolutely, absolutely. I agree. If I wasn't me, I would want to work for me. <laughs> now, a better way for me to say that would be I would work for Robin if I lived in Minnesota. But for some reason, I made it about me. That's just that's, uh, that that's what we love about you, Joe. <laughs> we would have it no other way. If I lived, in, let's try that again. If I lived in Minnesota, I would work for Robin. There you go. With Robin, we work together for yes. sure. Well, thank you both so much for your time. Um, appreciate it so much. Um, Closing closing words, what's the, for each of you, what is the most important thing that you want our listeners to take away from today's episode? I think that real estate is an awesome opportunity, and I think you do have to find the right fit for you, whether you're on your own, on a team. If you're on a team, it has to be the right team. It's the most amazing career, and it's it's not easy. It's tough work, but boy, you get into, you get out of it what you put into it, and I love it. Yeah, we're sitting here kind of advising people to start teams and, and giving them advice of what to do if they start a team. But 
being a team leader is not for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, before you make this decision, and I don't mean ask your granny, right? I mean, talk to people that you run serious decisions by. Am I cut out for this? Do I have what it takes to be a team leader? Do I have leadership qualities? Is this a good idea for me? I would make sure that you have what it takes to run a team before you take that first step. Um, but for that. me, the best business model out there is, is running a team, leveraging other people's time, growing, expanding your business. And that's the advice I would have for anyone. Great. If they make it past the first test. <laughs> Don't ask your granny, though. She's Don't ask granny. That's right. She loves you no matter what. Yeah. Go ask the people that you trust Yeah. that will be honest with you. That's great. Well, thank you both so much for your time. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in today. We look forward to being with you again on our next episode. And until then, be well, and we will see you soon. Thanks, Rhonda. Thank you so much.